Hello, this is Sound News broadcasting from the Old Manse Studio, Church Street, Portadine. This production is for the week ending Saturday the 13th of January 2024. My name is Linda Francis and on behalf of everyone here on the Craig Avon Talking Newspaper team, you're very welcome to this week's programme. Now, the stories making the headlines this week are, firstly, from the Portadown Times, Surgery Move Gets Approval, and from the Lurgan Mail, Second Accused Released on Bail. And now it's over to Gareth, who brings you our first story. Surgery Move Gets Approval. Emergency general surgery is to permanently take place at Craigavon Hospital, following the temporary suspension of services at Daisy Hill Hospital in Newry due to a shortage of general surgery consultants. The move was welcomed by the Southern Health and Social Care Trust, with Medical Director Dr Stephen Austin saying, meeting the clinical standards to ensure the best outcomes for all patients living across the entire southern area has been our absolute priority throughout this process. I commend our surgical team who are constantly working to improve their service and have developed this new model for emergency general surgery to give patients the safe, high-quality and modern care that they deserve. Delivering emergency general surgery from one site helps us to meet the latest regional standards set out in the review of general surgery. It is also more sustainable and with successful, successful recruitment of new surgical consultants in recent months shows that it will be more attractive in recruiting and retaining staff. We acknowledge concerns raised, particularly from slum living in the Newry, Mourne, South Down and South Armour areas, about access to the service and understand that people would value a service closer to home. But we must always prioritise quality of care and patient safety. Catherine Reid, Director of Surgery and Clinical Services, continued... Patients should continue to phone first or attend their nearest emergency department with any seriously urgent symptoms. Daisy Hill continues as a type 1 consultant led ED, assessing all medical and surgical patients 24-7. We have pathways for those who need transfer to Craigavon to be directly admitted to the surgical ward. So it is important that Newry and Mourne patients always attend Daisy Hill first to benefit from this process. It is rare for someone to need very immediate surgery for a life-threatening condition, but we can assure local people that we have arrangements in place for the patient to be operated on at Daisy Hill should this happen. A department spokesperson said, an average of three patients per day have been directed to Craigavon from Daisy Hill for emergency general surgery services. Assessment of these arrangements has found no indication of any patient coming to harm. General surgery specialties specialties in abdominal organs such as stomach, gallbladder and bile. Emergency general surgery is is the overall term for unscheduled care in this field and can mean specialised advice, admission for tests and for some patients an operation. Department of Health Permanent Secretary Peter May said the approval reflects the reality that all hospitals cannot provide all services. There has to be a level of consolidation and specialisation in light of advances in medicine. 
the inability to recruit and retain consultants, general surgeons to Daisy Hill was due to clinical factors, not any lack of effort. In hospitals of lower patient numbers, this can create significant issues for professionals working in key specialities. These include rota, on-call pressures, inherent and smaller clinical teams, as well as insufficient case mix to to support specialisation, training and skill development. These issues inevitably have consequences for recruitment and retention. And now to the Lurgan Mail headline, Second Accused Released on Bail. A second Lurgan woman accused of assisting an offender in relation to the murder of nursing assistant Audrin Kelly has been released on bail. Andrea Catherine Teresa Stevenson, aged 43, from Edward Street, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Courts Court via video link from Hyde Bank Women's Prison on Friday, charged with assisting offenders. Also before the court were Shane Hart, 31, from Headington House, Lurgan, and Gary Damien Scullion, aged 31, from Edward Street in Lurgan. Both appeared on video link from McGabry Prison, charged with the murder of Auden Kelly. Each was remanded into custody to appear before Craigavon Magistrates Court in four weeks' time. Mr Kelly's body was discovered close to a burning vehicle in the Edward Street area of Lurgan in the early hours of Sunday, December the 3rd. Wearing a black and blue checked shirt, Stevenson kept dabbing her face with what appeared to be a tissue during the proceedings. Gavin Cairns, instructed by Mr Brown of Eamon McAvoy solicitors, said he was representing the accused. A detective sergeant was sworn in by the court and asked by the prosecution lawyer for his views on granting bail to the defendant. The officer said we would be objecting to bail for Stevenson's on the following grounds. First of all, risk of interference with the course of justice due to the serious nature of this offence the defendant has been charged with. Secondly, there may be a risk of contacting key witnesses, one of uh, whom being is her 10-year-old daughter. The officer added recently there was a vigil in Lurgan for the victim, Mr Kelly, with 700 attendees. We have concerns for the suspect's safety due to the community feeling in the area. Uh, District Judge Francis Rafferty said surely it is the police's job to ensure the safety of the defendant and the officer responded it is. Uh, She was also initially uncooperative in interview although lately did give an account to assist police. Under cross-examined by Stevenson's barrister, Mr Kearns, the officer agreed the defendant had answered questions put to her during interview. The barrister said it is further to be said that on the 22nd of last month in this courtroom, a co-accused faced the same charge as Miss Stevenson and was admitted to bail notwithstanding the objections. The officer agreed. The court heard that Stevenson had a record of some vintage. Mr Kearns put it to the officer that the current bail address was agreeable to police. The officer again agreed. Granting bail, the judge asked the officer, you mentioned her 10-year-old daughter as a potential witness. Are you suggesting that she can't have contact with her daughter? The officer said there was a residence order in favour of the biological father and the judge ordered that there be no contact by Stevenson with any prosecution witnesses or the co-accused. She is allowed to have contact with her daughter but is prohibited from discussing the case with her. The officer outlined other bail restrictions, namely that Stevenson reside at the approved address not within 10 miles of Lurgan and that she report three times a week to an approved police station. She is also banned from accessing social media. 
Stevenson told the judge she understood the bail conditions as outlined and the case was adjourned until February the 2nd and Stevenson released on her own bail of £500. Last month, Stephanie McClelland, aged 36, of Shanleave, Lurgan, was also released on bail charged with assisting an offender. Meantime, at the same court on Friday, Crystal Angela Redden, aged 30, from Garland Avenue, Lurgan, appeared, accused of perverting the course of justice, namely making a false statement contrary to common law on December the 7th last year. The charge was put to the defendant who said she understood the same. An officer told the court he was aware of the facts of the case and he could connect the defendant. A prosecutor said it was the defendant's first appearance and she was on bail. The case was also adjourned until February the 2nd. In discussing legal aid, it was confirmed the defendant was on benefits, but they were Southern benefits, including her disability allowance. And now for our Rota Chemists. On Sunday the 14th of January, the Chemist's Boots of Thomas Street open from 11am to 12 noon. Next week in Portadown from Monday the 15th of January, the Chemist's Orchard Pharmacy, Mandeville Street, which is open till 7pm. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 14th of January from the Chemist Boots of Market Street, open from 7 to 8pm. Next week, from Monday the 15th of January, the chemist is Gordon's Limited of Market Street, open to 6 until 7pm. There's no road to chemist in Lurgan or Wednesday, on Wednesdays and none in either town on Saturdays. And Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. And now for this week's crime. Points and fines issued. A Lurgan woman who allowed a male friend to drive her car into Craigavon Courthouse car park while uninsured, has been convicted of motoring offences. Neith Elizabeth Hamill, 30, of Ballinamoney Road, failed to appear before Craigavon Magistrates Court on Wednesday, January 3rd, charged with permitting the vehicle to be used with no vehicle test certificate and no insurance. District Judge Francis Rafferty opted to proceed, sorry, opted to proceed despite her non-attendance. A prosecutor told the court on Wednesday, February the 15th, 2023, police observed a grey Audi A4 being driven by a Blaine MacDonald into the car park of Craigavon Courthouse. Neve Hamill was sitting in the front passenger seat. The Audi came to a stop in the car park and both exited it and entered the courthouse. The Audi was insured to Miss Hamill and the vehicle test certificate had expired on June 10, 2021. The Audi was first registered in the UK in September 2008, so required a valid vehicle test certificate. Police entered the courthouse and spoke with both people present. Miss Hamill confirmed she owned the Audi and wasn't sure to drive it. She had given permission to Mr MacDonald to drive the Audi as she was feeling unwell. Mr MacDonald was asked to provide insurance to drive the Audi and he claimed he had motor trade policy that allowed him to drive any vehicle. Police asked Mr MacDonald to provide those documents. Miss Hamill was cautioned and was told she be, would be reported to the PPS for permitting no insurance and permitting no vehicles test certificate. Police confirmed with AXA Insurance that Mr MacDonald had a motor trade insurance policy, but this would not have covered him to drive the Audi. In response to District Judge Francis Rafferty, the prosecutor advised that MacDonald had been convicted, but the penalty varied to six points on appeal. 
So he was prosecuted, said the district judge. He fined Hamill £100 for permitting no vehicle test certificate. For permitting no insurance, he handed down six penalty points, a fine of £200 plus the offender's levy. Woman is disqualified from driving after M1 incident. A court has heard how a woman was caught driving a car in the hard shoulder of the M1 following a date last night in June. Orla Thornton, aged 38, from Derrybeg Oriel Road in Collin, South County Louth, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court where she received a driving ban after pleading guilty to driving when unfit through drink or drugs. A prosecutor told the court that on Sunday, June the 11th at 4.55am, police received a report from a member of the public in relation to the manner in which a black BMW car was being driven on the A26 Glenavy Road. A short time later at 6.10am, police were tasked to a report of an intoxicated male trying to purchase petrol for his vehicle in the vicinity of Lurgan. Police located the vehicle, the same BMW, parked on the hard shoulder of the M1 and observed two people in the vehicle, the defendant and one other. The defendant was sitting in the driver's seat with the engine running. Police observed a bottle of vodka lying on the floor to the rear of the vehicle. Police observed the defendant driving the vehicle for a short distance on the hard shoulder. The defendant denied being the driver. Police detected a strong smell of intoxicating liquor from the defendant's breath, and she was unsteady on her feet, looked dishevelled, and her speech was slurred. The preliminary breath test was a fail and a small quantity of suspected cannabis was also found during a search of the vehicle. The defendant was arrested for driving while unfit and no response was made. She was conveyed to Banbridge custody and an evidential sample was taken. Then she was transferred to OMA custody, interviewed under caution and made a full admission to driving the vehicle after consuming alcohol during a night out in Belfast. She also confirmed she had smoked cannabis 24 hours prior to the incident. She has no record. A defence lawyer said the defendant fully recognised the seriousness of the offence and apologised for it. The incident actually happened on the hard shoulder of the motorway, her solicitor said. Miss Thornton had been on a date and she was never meant to be the designated driver that night. In fact, Miss Thornton had never driven on the motorway at all. When stopped having run out of petrol, Miss Thornton said she drives a hybrid car and knew there was something, some charge in the car, but there had been issues with petrol. In an attempt to get the car started, she attempted to start it, not to drive off. She admitted to using the cannabis the day before, but said she would never have used it had she known she would be behind the wheel of a car. The solicitor added the defendant had three children and relied on her vehicle for bringing them to school and driving to work. The district judge said it was a plea of guilty at the first opportunity. This lady has a clear record. The mandatory minimum of 12 months will apply with regard to disqualification and I will reduce the fine to £200 plus the offender levy. Man facing trial in two assaults case. Sorry, in twin assaults case. A Portadown man who has been accused of assaulting a man and a woman has had the case against him referred to Craigavon Crown Court for trial. Matthew Johnston, aged 28, from the Fairways, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court on Wednesday, the January the 3rd, accused of two counts of assault, occasioning actual bodily harm. No details of the case were revealed, but during the preliminary inquiry, the charges that Johnston assaulted a man on March the 5th last year, causing him actually actual bodily harm, and that he assaulted a woman on the same date 
occasioning her actual bodily harm, were put to him. A prosecutor submitted there was a case to answer and there were no contrary submissions from the defence. The case has been returned to Craigavon Court on January the 23rd for pre-arrangement and February the 8th for arrangement. District Judge Francis Rafferty granted bail on the same terms of £250. If you don't mend your ways, you will go to jail. A man accused of stealing a woman's phone plus domestic abuse, including coercive control, has been put on probation for two years and ordered to carry out 90 hours of community service. Dermot Lavery, aged 22 of no fixed abode, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court last Friday, accused of theft and a domestic abuse offence. He was accused of stealing a phone belonging to his ex-girlfriend on March the 9th last year and charged that between January 2023 and March the 9th, 2023, he engaged in a course of behaviour that was abusive. No details of the case were outlined in court. District Judge Rafferty said, You told probation service you wanted to know where it all went wrong. It was because of your behaviour. Do you understand that now? Whatever your struggles with your mental health, you cannot take them out on another person. You do not take someone's phone off them. You do not put a password on someone's phone. You do not change the password on somebody's phone. You don't do any of these things. Do you understand that? You took the phone to deprive the victim of it and take away her means of leaving the situation. You had set maps on each other's phones. There is a concern of a pattern of coercive control, including verbal abuse, threats to take the victim's property, theft, accessing over social media, stalking-type behaviour, and attempting to limit contact with friends and delete mail contacts. If you are so insecure in a relationship that you have to behave in this cowardly, bullying way, you shouldn't be in a relationship. In normal situations, this type of behaviour would send you to jail. The probation service's view is that with a probation order and further requirements, you can perhaps mend your ways. If you don't mend your ways, you will go to jail. The district judge imposed a combination order of two years on probation plus 90 hours community service. The defendant is required to take part in any work organised by the probation service and is banned from developing any intimate relationships without notifying his probation officer. There was a restraining order banning Lavery from contacting the victim for two years. Bail to appear in court. An arrest warrant was issued after an armed man who was due to appear in Craigavon Magistrates Court, accused of a number of offences, including fraud, failed to turn up. Boris Osga, 37, of Alexandra Avenue, Armagh, failed to appear at Craigavon Magistrates Court on Wednesday, January 3rd, to face a number of charges, including three of fraud by false representation and possession of articles in connection with fraud, two counts of death, one part of previous bodily harm, armed robbery and possession of a Class C controlled drug. Osga's barrister, Damien Halron, said it was District Judge Francis Rafferty's direction the defendant should attend, but he hadn't appeared at court and the solicitor didn't know where he was. After a court attendant looked for the defendant in the grounds of the court, the District Judge issued a warrant for his arrest. Sped up early before leaving the 30 mile an hour zone. A 40 year old man who accelerated too early before leaving a 30 mile an hour zone in Waringstown has been given a £100 fine. 
Ian Bradbury, aged 40, from Alfred Terrace in Dollingstown, appeared at Craigavon Magistrates Court charged with speeding. A prosecutor told the court that on April the 20th, 2023, at 4.20pm on Banbridge Road, Waringstown, a Mercedes van was detected travelling at 42 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour zone. The defendant was offered a fixed penalty notice, but failed to take up the offer in time. A defence solicitor said the defendant was driving out of Waringstown and just before he came out of the 30 mile an hour zone, he accelerated too early and he was unfortunately caught. His father had died not long before this and he had moved back into the family home to sort things out so he didn't get the letter about the fixed penalty notice. Bradbury was fined £100 plus the offender's levy and handed three penalty points. Found slumped over wheel. A Portadown woman who asked a staff spotted slumped over the steering wheel of her car, not making much sense and blocking other cars, was three times the drink driving limit, the court has heard. Trudy Icewaite, aged 50, from Wentworth Green, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court, charged with driving with excess alcohol in her breath. A prosecutor told the court that on Wednesday, November the 15th last year, at around 6.15pm, police, police were tasked to Asda in Portadown after receiving a report of concern for a woman who was slumped over the steering wheel of a white Volkswagen Golf. On arrival, said the prosecutor, police spoke to two Asda staff who said they had observed the white Volkswagen Golf stopped in the middle of the car park, causing an obstruction to other cars. They observed the defendant slumped over the steering wheel and she was not making much sense. Staff assisted by moving the Golf into a parking space. Police spoke with a female who identified herself and who advised that Trudy Outhwaite had collected her a short time earlier before driving to Asda. Police spoke with Trudy Outhwaite. They noted she had dilated pupils, slurred speech and appeared unsteady. She was arrested and conveyed to Lurgan Custody Suite. She provided an evidential sample. A lower reading was 108 mcg of alcohol per 100 millilitres of breath. The limit is 35 mcg. She was further arrested for driving with excess alcohol. She stated she had a vague recollection of it and that's the last she remembered. Outhwaite solicitor Pat Vernon said she had been drinking the night before with a friend from America. She had been drinking gin. She accepts she had been drinking quite a lot that evening. She has been under a lot of financial stress and she had asked her GP the day before to provide her with sleeping tablets. She had taken one sleeping tablet. It didn't work that evening, so she took three. This happened the next day. She had been going for a walk with her friend in the afternoon, and she said she felt okay as it was quite late in the afternoon. She drove to Asda car park. Her friend went into Asda, and she said her system just collapsed. She was in the car, and she can't remember anything after that, but she felt okay driving to Asda. District Judge Frances Rafferty said, Notwithstanding what she had the night before, she was three times the limit at seven o'clock in the evening the next day. The District Judge said Outhwaite would be credited for her plea of guilty and the fact that it was her first offence, adding, But I have to take into account the fact that her reading was three times the limit the next day. There will be a disqualification of 16 months. 
there will be a fine of £200 plus the offender levy. District Judge Rafferty gave the defendant 20 weeks to pay the fine. The 16 months disqualification is to be reduced by four months on completion of a course by November 3rd, 2024, as prescribed under Article 36 of the Road Traffic Offenders Northern Ireland Order 1996. And our final crime uh, item today is that uh, a warrant has been issued, an arrest warrant for a man with a Portadown address by D- District Judge Francis Rafferty. He failed to show up at Craigavon Magistrates Court to face a charge of stealing CBD products. Connor James McConville, 31, of Edward Street, failed to appear at the court on Friday, January 5th. He is facing a single charge of theft and accused of stealing £296 worth of CBD products from Holland and Barrett in Portadown on November the 13th last year. Now, I'll now be bringing news of some photos that are in the paper. And there's a full page of photos from the Blossom Unit at Craig Avenue Hospital uh, before uh, on the run-up to Christmas of Santa visiting the children in that ward in the hospital. And they all look very happy and excited at seeing him with them. And the mayor was there as well. And uh, some pictures from 2009. They're obviously doing a retro uh, uh, week or uh, in uh, the Portdown Times. Uh, there was a cheque presented for over £2,000 to the Northern Ireland Cancer Fund for Children. And there are pictures at the presentation ceremony of staff and pupils of Portadown College with uh, Rachel Burgoyne, Northern Ireland Cancer Fund for Children. The Drum Cree, first baby, marked 60 years, Jack Carrick and past captain John Milligan and the present captain and Tom Tedford, another past captain, are pictured. And Michael Toland won the Stephen Linus Memorial Award with Catherine Linus at Drum Cree College Prize Giving in that year. And James Gould is pictured uh, at the under 12s versus Sego under 12s uh, in uh, 2009. And there's pictures of people ringing in the new year at the Sego Hotel. Quite a few pictures and there seems to be a good party at that night. And there's more pictures even from 2009, this time admiring the gift tree at the Presentation Primary School Donation for Toys to the Salvation Army in St Vincent de Paul. And uh, there are the principal and some pupils and people from the Salvation Army. And Kilkemain group of Seago Church Girls Brigades are pictured at their fundraising book uh, sale. And Ryan Smith from Portdown Youth Under 12s against Seago is also pictured on this uh, set of papers. Uh, there are ported pictures of gentlemen from Portadown Golf Club. Eric Clements, past captain, Fred Hannath, Victor Simpson and Jack Johnson. And the winners of High Street Mal Draws, organised by the staff in aid of the NSPCC. Um, uh, there's pictures of uh, young people uh, who won prizes for that. The Cascades duty manager is pictured presenting the chairperson of Portadown Amateur Swimming Club with the 2009 Texaco Sports Star Bursary plaque. The groundsmen at Shamrock Park are trying to remove ice from the goldmouth and there's a lot of it there. And there's freezing fog confronting motorists in Portadown on that year in 2009. And now for this week's Council's News. Frustration over potholes response. DUP Councillor Kyle Moutry 
has voiced grave concern after it took the Department for Infrastructure roads five days to fix large potholes on Portadown's Northway. Councillor Moutre made his views known at an Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavonborough Council meeting on December the 14th. Members were asked by the Department for Infrastructure to make use of the online portal for reporting any faults, he said. And I would like to register my frustration with communication channels with DFI, given their slow and oftentimes non-existent responses in repairing potholes. And particularly in the light of the condition of the Northway last week in my DEA. One of these potholes was at least three feet in diameter and several inches deep. And over the course of three days, myself and my colleagues, we spoke to no fewer than maybe 30 people that sustained damage to their vehicles. And I have no doubt that the total number of people impacted was probably beyond double that. Not only was this a complete inconvenience to many people in the mouth of Christmas, driving to and from work, but it's an inconvenience to all those who oftentimes sustained punctured tyres, broken alloys, getting about their daily lives. It was also a massive threat to public safety, and for each of these people, they had to be referred individually for compensation claims, which will no doubt be of massive cost to the public taxpayer. Now, all four of these potholes were individually reported on Saturday, December the 9th, through the NID Direct Portal, as advised by DFI. And despite this, on multiple phone calls and emails made by myself and my colleagues, repairs did not take place until the early hours of Thursday, December the 14th, five days on from the, when they were first reported. The Northway is perhaps the busiest and fastest road in my DEA. And so far this year, there have already been multiple collisions and I have already personally written to DFI on two occasions requesting that lines are repainted to improve road safety. Thankfully, and in my view very luckily, on these occasions no one was injured. A DFI spokesperson said, The department has been operating in a challenging budgetary position for some time, and this has had an impact on road maintenance activities and the overall condition of the road network. In compliance with departmental policy, only the highest priority defects are currently being taken forward for repair. The road defects on the Northway were made safe as soon as possible, early on December the 12th, with follow-up permanent repairs carried out on December the 14th. Regular inspections of the road network, including on the Northway, Craigavon, are continuing, and defects which meet the intervention level will be taken forward for repair. The Department will continue to work hard to ensure that our limited funding and resources are targeted at areas of greatest need. Council is consulting on centenary stone siting. The Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavonborough Council is asking ratepayers to say where they would like to site 12 memorials marking the centenary of Northern Ireland. The council secured 15 stones as part of a programme to mark the centenary in 2021. Recently, the borough's Lord Mayor, Alderman Margaret Tinsley, unveiled three of the stones at the civic buildings at the Palace Stables Armagh, Banbridge Civic Building and Craigavon Civic Centre. 
The installation of the centenary stones was part of a borough-wide campaign entitled Our People, Our Place, Our Story, which was a year-long programme of council events. The locations for the remaining 12 stones is out now for public consultation. It is proposed the remaining commemorative centenary stones will be installed in Lurgan, Portadown, Dromore, Tandragee, Rathfryland, Donaclone, Waringstown, Rich Hill, Loch Gaul, Macherlin, Dollingstown and Guildford. The stones are designed in the shape of Northern Ireland and made from locally resourced granite. They have the words celebrating the 100th anniversary of the foundation of Northern Ireland engraved on them. Speaking at the unveiling of the first three stones, Alderman Tinsley said she was delighted to officially unveil the centenary stones. The public consultation is open until Friday 1st of March and can be completed online at www.armanbanbridgecraigavon.gov.uk forward slash consultations. And now this week's obituaries. Tributes to Loch Rescue co-founder Billy. Tributes have been paid following the death last week of Loch Rescue founding member Billy Mullen, who saved countless lives over the decades. William Theodore Cecil Billy Mullen, B.E.M., died peacefully at hospital on January the 1st, surrounded by his loving family. In a statement, Loch Rescue said, It is with great sadness Loch Rescue announced the death of their patron and co-founder, Billy Mullen. Billy served in Loch Rescue for over 25 years, and during his time was a long-serving coxswain, saving the lives of countless people. From wiring the first lifeboat in the service and using his wide range of mechanical skills, to training and mentoring other crew, Billy was generous with his time and extensive knowledge to ensure the lifeboat was always fit for service and the crew under his command would make it safely back to base. A leader on the water and on land, Billy also served Loch Rescue as a training officer, board member and chairperson and his dedication to saving lives was recognised in 2016 with his award of the BEM in the New Year's Honours List. Billy will always be remembered for his cheery smile, humour and calmness under pressure but most of all his steadfast commitment to the lifeboat service on Loch Ney, made possible by the support of his wife Anne to whom we extend our deepest condolences at this difficult time, as well as his sons Finn, Timo and Tam, and extended family. Finn and Tam continue to serve as lightboat crew volunteers. Billy retired in July 2014 after 25 years at the helm. Upon his retirement, he said it's been a great 25 years, and obviously LNR has been a huge part of my life. I have chosen the 4th of July as my official retirement date, as, as that's the day this service was born, and was a turning point for everyone in terms of safety on Loch Ney. The rescue service was founded in July 1989, following the tragic drowning of Portadown builder David Gray Jr. David had been returning on a day trip from Kinnego Marina to Ballyronan with three friends when their vessel ran out of fuel and sank in the middle of the 200 square mile lock. That night, three survivors were rescued by Kinnego Harbour Master Paddy Prunty and Kinnego Boatyard owner Billy Mullen, 
following a midnight phone call from the RUC in Lurgan, who had received a mobile phone call from the sinking vessel. We had three lifeboat stations, one in Kinnego, which was founded in 1989, one in Ardbow, which we founded in 1992, and one in Antrim, which we found about 10 years ago. Billy was involved in training all of these crews, and Loch Ness Rescue is now highly regarded. Most of that is down to the work of Billy Mullen. Billy Mullen was much loved, the much-loved and devoted husband of Anne, cherished and devoted father of Finn, Timo and Tam, precious grandpa of Skye, Pixie, Mara and Oren, and much-appreciated father-in-law of Katie and Sarah. His funeral took place on Saturday, January the 6th, in Edenderry Memorial Methodist Church, Portadown, followed by a private turn internment at Kernan Cemetery, Portadown. Now, there are only a couple of ads uh, this week uh, suitable for reading out, and uh, you can discover ultimate comfort in beds. There's a 50% sale on Adjustomatic Beds. Call 0800 066 9968 for a free brochure pack, including the Healthy Posture Guide. And news of a winter sale of up to 50% off menswear and lady fashion at STKLs in Lurgan and Portadown. And now we've only two items of sport uh, this week because there's only two, the two back pages, one from each newspaper. And firstly, from the Lurgan Mail, McDonald praise as debutant star. Glenavon boss Stephen McDole says he's delighted to have Jamie Don Duna back at the club and also he prays on its four debutantes for their key role in his side's Irish Cup progress against Knock Breda. It took Darren Clark, who joined from Galway United, only 20 minutes to open scoring for the Lurgan Blues before Peter Campbell doubled the visitors' lead shortly after. Another recent recruit, James Duna, also got a debut goal moments after the break, and Jack Malone rounded out a comfortable 4-0 win from the penalty spot following a foul on Doran. David Tour started in defence and goalkeeper Mark Byrne made his maiden club appearance. Former Shamrock Rovers winger Duna was particularly impressive and McDonnell was pleased with how quickly all four were able to adapt to a new system. We always say to the forward players that it's all about numbers and he, Duna, scored and assisted, he told the club's media channel. A lot of general play was very good. Darren's goal was extremely well taken and he's taken a wee bit of a knock. Nothing serious, but we've had to get him off at half time. Every time he got on the ball, you can see he's unpredictable in what he's going to do, like James, and it's a fullback's nightmare. I thought David Tour defensively was sound and Mark really steady. They all dealt with the game very comfortably. Dorn was recalled from his loan spell with Championship Club Anna United last weekend, having spent the first half of this season at the BMG Arena. The 19-year-old came off the bench at Breda Park to play the final half hour, having made 19 Premiership appearances in 2023 under previous manager Gary Hamilton. Jamie is a fabulous talent, said MacDonald. Since we came to the club, we have been eager to get him back and knew we had to wait until the January window. He's an incredibly talented player, especially on the half turn. <clears throat> it's not all doom and gloom. Having immediately handed debuts to Jack Henderson, TJ Murray, Kieran Dobbin, Jimmy Brown and Zach Barr, Portadown boss Niall Curry 
believes all five January signings helped give a side a freshness in the Irish Cup win at Carrick Rangers. Portadown found themselves 1-0 behind on five minutes, but the visitors Carrick Fergus equalised on 22 minutes, as Henderson's free kick was flicked on by Brown and ex-Newington striker Barr prodded the ball home. Both teams would have chances before extra time. Ben Tinley saw a fierce drive palmed away by the port's Aaron Hogg, whilst at the other end, Brown would be denied by the post. Extra time also failed to yield goals, meaning penalties. Perkis would miss first for Carrick, as Portadown succeeded in all five attempts to book a sixth-round date with Bangor. The biggest compliment I can give my players is you wouldn't have known which was the Premiership team there today, said Curry. I think the new signings coming in gave us real energy and life about the team. They brought great energy to our team, especially when you think TJ Murray has hardly played this season. I thought he was outstanding. Jack Henderson is a wee controller, and in Dublin you have a third man-runner at 10. And then obviously Zach Barr and Jamie Brown. I was very pleased with all of them. He added, For me, days like today are for supporters. It was a bit of a free hit for us. But you're not on a free hit at Portadown when you've lost two games in a row. If we had lost today, the talk would have been it's now three defeats in a row. But I thought it was a wonderful opportunity for us coming here today. And if we got ourselves right we would have a real chance, and that's how it panned out. And now for our general news. Portadown flooding was a massive hit. Being hit by a serious flooding episode in early November was a real blow for many Portadown residents, as was conveyed at a subsequent ABC Borough Council meeting. There, Lord Mayor Alderman Margaret Tinsley paid tribute to the dedication of Portadown councillors across the political spectrum who were on the ground to help in any way they could. The DUP's councillor Lavelle McElrath added, The councillors representing Portadown know only too well the issue we've had with flooding for businesses, private householders and indeed some of our agribusinesses as well as sports club. It was a massive hit to the town. At the time, Councillor McElrath also lamented tales of insurance companies dragging their feet, in which he was echoed by Portadown Sinn Féin Councillor Paul Duffy. The debate ended on a more positive note, with the Lord Mayor paying tribute to Portadown councillors. Uh, she witnessed firsthand on the ground Councillors McElrath, Paul Duffy, Claire McConville Walker, Julie Flaherty, Kyle Moutry. I hope and I haven't left anybody out, she said. I do genuinely appreciate, on behalf of the people that I was speaking to in Portadown, the work that you did on the ground. In fact, one person I spoke to today were telling me about your having your welly boots on and just being out there and not only going the once but going back to make sure the residents were getting the help they needed. Even many days later, she said, councillors were still being in there in the community making sure you can do what you can for the people. Drivers are stalling on switch to EV. A new survey has found a huge majority of drivers in Northern Ireland don't plan on switching to an electric car in 2024. The survey by comparni.com found that a massive 94% said they would not be purchasing an electric car in 2024, 
despite government plans to scrap the selling of new petrol and diesel cars by 2035. A UK-wide version of the survey found a similar result. Over 1,600 drivers were asked the same question, with 84% saying no to electric or hybrid vehicles in 2024. In a previous CompareNI.com.survey, 96% of Northern Ireland drivers thought that electric vehicles were too expensive. Electric vehicles are, on average, nearly £28,000 dearer than petrol cars to purchase. The average cost to buy an electric car in the UK is around £49,818. In comparison, the average cost of an average medium-sized petrol car is £21,964. In addition to this, drivers had major concerns over accessibility of charging points, with 94% stating there weren't enough charging points currently available in Northern Ireland. Government statistics show that Northern Ireland has the lowest level of charging devices in the UK, with just 20 devices per 100,000 people. In comparison, the next lowest level was 33 devices per 100,000 people in the northwest of England. Ian Wilson, Managing Director of CompareNI.com, said, Our survey results show that despite the proposed changes to scrap the selling of new petrol and diesel cars by 2035, the public still, still aren't fully on board with the changes. We will be a year closer to the proposed changes in 2024, and yet the survey shows many drivers in Northern Ireland still aren't considering switching to electric vehicles. At a time when people are continuing to feel the impact of the cost of living crisis, drivers don't want to pay significantly more money to purchase a car. It's clear that the government will have to do a lot more to help encourage drivers in Northern Ireland to make the switch to electric vehicles and support the proposed changes over the next decade. The survey findings are based on a randomised survey of 800 respondents across Northern Ireland in November 2023. Emergency departments under severe pressure. Emergency departments at Craigavon Area Hospital and Daisy Hill Hospital were under severe pressure last Monday, the Southern Health and Social Care Trust said. As the week began, a spokesperson for the Trust asked the public to please phone first up to 9pm before attending the ED. The number is 0300 123 3311. If you have a loved one in hospital who has been assessed as medically fit for discharge, please work with our staff to ensure a timely turnaround, the spokesperson added. Our staff are working hard in difficult conditions and we thank you for your patience. This followed a Monday morning message that the community teams were facing challenges reaching service users due to the icy conditions. We thank staff for going above and beyond to continue to provide care to members of our community in all weather conditions, said the spokesperson. Please be as patient as we can get, as you can as we get to those most vulnerable first. Media plans and pipeline to mark 80th anniversary. ABC's Council, ahead of Community Development, Seamus McCrory, has confirmed plans are in the pipeline to locally commemorate the 80th anniversary of World War II's D-Day landings. At a December 18 Council, Alderman Glenn Barr, 
asked what plans the Council had to commemorate what he called a pivotal moment in the arduous struggle for freedom and the profound sacrifices made by countless individuals in the pursuit of lasting peace, and to pay tribute to the heroes who valiantly fought on the beaches of Normandy. He added, How will our community unite to remember the sacrifices of those who served on that fateful day? Additionally, can we explore the specific significance of D-Day to our ABC council area? How did the events of June 6, 1944 resonate within our community, with the individuals? And I'm sure there's plenty of individuals from our region who played pivotal roles in the liberation efforts. In the absence of any such plans, he said, he proposed the relevant committee begin preparing same, whether for educational initiatives, memorial services, community events or the lighting of beacons. Let us corroborate and commemorate this momentous occasion, he moved. Together we can ensure the legacy of D-Day endures, inspiring future generations with the profound lessons of courage, sacrifice and the pursuit of a world free of oppression. <coughs> Ulster Unionist Party colleague Alderman Ian Burns seconded the motion, confirming that plans were firmly in place to commemorate the occasion. Mr McCrory said, the planning for D-Day 2024 does sit as an action within the community development team <coughs> formed within the 24-25 action plans. So similar to previous planning, officers will be reviewing what's planned in other areas but they will be developing a plan which will be brought back through a working group before preparing reports on committee. So it sits in a programme of work like members will have seen before, and it'll be, a subject, it'll be subject to agreement with members and working through that process between officers and members through the working group. Smear test review women who feel they have been failed. ABC councillor Julie Fackerty has thanked the local authority's head of community planning policy and research, Elaine Gillespie, for convening an urgent meeting of the Health Working Group following the announcement that some 17,500 Northern Ireland women were to have their smear tests reviewed. At a recent full council meeting, the UUP councillor said it was really heartening to see such good attendance by both members and by the Southern Trust. I think that's down to you, Elaine, about what is in women's health crisis in our area. It was a useful exercise, more than anything, I think, in establishing a link with our local health trust, again in the continued absence of any other health committee or minister. These ladies with letters telling them their smear tests are to be reviewed are organising themselves. A number of us have met them again and are in regular contact. Uh, They are not a statistic here, they are women who deserve better. I listed names of women in the last committee. I honestly can't do this time because there are hundreds linking in now who are strong, articulate and feel they have been failed and need supported. I shared a piece of advice with them that it was given to me a decade ago that this is a marathon, not a sprint. I fear we're in for a long haul. We did receive notification today of another plant meeting and I think that's important that we get all the information we can from the Trust and have an opportunity perhaps to meet with the ladies who have received letters at some point. PSNI apologies to family of murdered couple. The family of murdered Portadown couple Michael and Marjorie Caudry has welcomed an unreserved apology from the PSNI 
for failings in its handlings of incidents preceding their deaths. Mr and Mrs Caudry, both 83, were stabbed to death at their home on May 26, 2017, by a man with a serious mental illness. In the days before their deaths, the attacker, Thomas Scott McEntee, had come to the attention of both police and health services. The PSNI has now issued an apology for its failings. Chief Constable John Boucher said, I recognise that the family of Mr and Mrs Caudry have had to live with the lasting impact of this horrendous attack and the loss of Michael and Marjorie. We have, following the stark findings of the inquest, carried out our own internal review and a serious adverse incident review conducted by the Health Trust. Established a gold coordinating group under temporary assistant Chief Constable Ryan Henderson, head of our Justice Department, to develop an action plan to to address identified shortcomings and develop our engagement with the Department of Health and other partners. I am keen to reassure the family about our commitment to this work. I want to reiterate my sincere apologies to the Caudry family on behalf of the Police Service of Northern Ireland for all feelings which have been highlighted in our handling of this tragic case. It is imperative that we learn the lessons and do do everything we can to prevent such a tragedy from happening again. The apology comes after findings from an inquest into the couple's deaths were released in December, which flagged up a need for change in how organisations deal with people with mental health issues. Speaking on BBC Radio Ulster, Mr and Mrs Caudry's son-in-law, Charles Little, said the Chief Constable had spoken to him ahead of the release of the apology, and the family were happy with it. He said mental health issues were not solely the responsibility of the health service, nor of the police, but there needed to be a joint-up approach to help people prevent the high number of avoidable deaths which took place year on year. Northern Ireland child sex abuse reaches record levels, says NSPCC. The NSPCC says last year saw a record number of sexual offences against children recorded by the PSNI, the highest number the charity has seen in 16 years of research. PSNI recorded 2,315 sexual offences such as rape, sexual assault, sexual grooming and sexual exploitation against children under age 18 in 2022-23. One parent from Northern Ireland told the NSPCC helpline, I found out from my daughter's school that there's a sexually explicit video of her being sent around. She won't tell me the circumstances of how these videos were made, but I think she's been coerced or blackmailed. She's not even at the age of consent. The police are involved, but I want her to talk to me so I can support her through this. The PSNI data and figures were obtained by the NSPCC through freedom of information requests sent to police forces throughout the UK. The news comes as the NSPCC launches a new campaign in partnership with the Home Office to encourage adults to contact the charity's helpline if they are concerned that a child could be at risk. Cam Tandy, helpline director at the NSPCC, says the high numbers of child sexual offences being reported by police forces across the UK are a warning to us all that more must be done to tackle this abuse. Adults concerned about a child's well-being can contact by calling 0808 800 5000.
star guests lined up to attend centenary dinner. Stars including the TV host Gloria Honeyford and Olympian Lady Mary Peters, who are former pupils of Portadown College, are expected to attend the school's 100th anniversary celebration dinner this year. To mark the milestone, the college is promising a night of fine food, first-class entertainment, a charity raffle and auction, hosted by political journalist Peter Cardwell, another former pupil at the Seagull Hotel on March the 8th. Principal Gillian Gibbs said, I hope much-needed funds can be raised through this special event for the school fund and the Mary Peters Trust. We are delighted that Lady Mary Peters, LG, CH, DBE, a former college head girl, has confirmed her attendance. Miss Gibb, herself a former Portadown College student, said she was looking forward to meeting Almany and staff to share stories and memories from down throughout the decades. Board of Governors Chairman Peter Aiken said, The College Centenary Dinner is the perfect opportunity to connect with school friends and enjoy an evening out while showing support for worthy causes. At a time when the College is facing many challenges in terms of financial resources, not least the proposed new school estate, it is important for us to come together in support of fundraising initiatives on behalf of the governing body. I wish to thank the subgroup of governors who have organised the centenary dinner. The evening begins with a reception at 7pm, followed by a four-course meal and after-dinner entertainment from the Stonewall Wedding and Function Band. Tickets cost £75 plus booking fee and are now on sale, available only via Buy Tickets, Portadown College Centenary Dinner, Seagull Hotel, Friday, March 8th, 2024, 7pm to 12am. Ticketaylor.com in in brackets. Uh, I'll give you that again. Brackets, ticketaylor.com, close brackets. The booking site will remain available until 11pm on Friday, February 23rd, 2024. College also welcomes high quality raffle items and sponsors for the evening. Any interest in such donations should be indicated by email to info at pc.portadown.nisch.uk and marked FAO Chairman PC 100. And final item of general news and for this week is a uh, uh, a fun uh, entertainment event with the curtain set to rise on the 40th annual Panto in Portadown. Members of the Gateway Theatre group Portadown have chosen the family favourite Cinderella for their 40th anniversary Panto to be staged from Saturday, January the 13th, that's today when you receive this uh, recording, until Saturday, January the 27th. The group's production of this classic pantomime by John Morley will see a cast and chorus of 25 performers with 20 others working away behind the scenes in front of house. Rehearsals for the show commence back in September and this experienced cast and team who all give their time voluntarily are excited to bring this production to life. Producer Diane Hannah Duncan said we've been performing pantomimes in Portadown since 1984 and are thrilled to be celebrating this anniversary with the classic fairy tale Cinderella. 
Our pantomimes are very traditional and we pride ourselves on being a family show for all ages. The performances will be held in the Portadown Town Hall uh, week one uh, at 2pm and 7.30pm on January the 13th, Saturday. Week two, Thursday, January the 18th at 7.30 and Friday and the 19th and Saturday, January the 20th, both 2pm and 7.30pm. Week three, uh, it's Thursday, January the 25th at 7.30, Friday the 26th at 7.30 and Saturday the 27th at 2pm and 7.30. Tickets can be purchased by contacting the Gateway Theatre Group directly on social media or Instagram or on Facebook or using the ticket hotline 02838 351313. The photographer went along to a dress rehearsal to capture some of the spectacle and the ugly sisters are Eddie Drury and Jason Price with Julie Brady who plays the Baroness. Uh, There's also a picture of the Baron played by Bernie Bain and Cinderella played by Laura Clayton and Ella McLaughlin, the fairy godmother. There's Jessica Peters who plays Dundini and Jackie Hawthorne who plays Prince Charming. Sarah Willis plays the town crier and James Carson who plays the guard. And it uh, sounds as if it's going to be a fun show at uh, Portadown uh, Town Hall in January. So cheer up those dark January days with an outing to the Cinderella Panta. We, now have co- we have now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Mackles for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us, and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were Patricia and Linda. Our technician was David Bennett, and reading with me this week was Linda Francis. From the newsroom at the Old Manse, this is Gareth Greer signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to turn your return your wallet. Sound News is a Craig Avon Talking Newspaper production. Goodbye. Goodbye and keep warm and safe over these dark days. Bye. Bye.